0: Welcome, everybody, to the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Work. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Jules Benson. Uh, today, we are having a good time looking at a brand new, super freaking awesome resource for pet owners uh, called the Pet Health Zone. So, it's, it's put on by Nationwide, and uh, we get into what it is and how to use it. But, man, this is data-driven information that includes uh, pricing information on what pet owners should expect to pay for services given their location. uh, That helps us open up really good and useful conversations. Guys, uh, it's by breed. It is by age of pet. Uh, You can look ahead and see uh, in the next phase of my pet's life, whether it's dog or cat, what are the uh, disease states that are most Associated, most over associated with this specific breed. It's not one of the most common problems, as Jules and I talk about, because the most common problems are pretty uh, standard across the board. But it's what specifically does my pet need to be uh, looked out for? What are the conditions that I, as a pet owner of this specific breed at this specific age of a dog or a cat, what do I need to be aware of? And What do uh, correcting those sorts of problems cost me? Uh, You know, if my uh, pet is predisposed for um, uh, uh, immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, as uh, my dog Skipper Rourke is in his next life stage, um, what what does that cost to treat? What are the risks with that? Anyway, it is a freaking amazing resource. You guys got to check it out. Uh, So anyway, we get into that. This episode is brought to you by Nationwide. Let's get into it. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jules Benson. How are you? I am good, Dr.
1: Andy Rourke. Oh,
0: it's good to see you again after a whole
1: couple of days since we were together. I just want to start by pointing out how selfless we are. Oh. We are we we give we give and give and well, give. I think just given given our our, I think shared natural vanity, and we come on here and we wear things in our ears because we know it's better for the podcast and we know that it serves the audience. And I just want to give ourselves. Yeah. I'm gonna wrench my. Shoulder out of joint, giving myself a big pat on the back for overcoming my vanity by wearing headphones.
0: Oh, I have headphones that look like I should launch a laser <laughs> from the Death Star. Like, those are the headphones that I wear to podcast with. Like
1: the, the, uh. the helmets they go all the way backwards and stuff. I like that. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I take listening to myself very seriously.
1: <laughs> Somebody uh. has to, I think, for us.
0: Oh, oh well played. Well played. Uh, all right. I I am glad to have you here. Uh, we were together at the AVMA convention, and there, uh, you and Nationwide rolled out your Pet Health Zone, which okay. is this uh, online platform that I want to talk a bit about with you because it's super cool, and I think that uh, I think the vet professionals should know what it is because it is a really really nice tool mm-hmm. for uh, pet owner education and uh, for practicing better medicine. I think. Yeah. Cool.
1: Can we start to dive in? Yeah, for sure. Um and I, can you, tell, I can tell you about where it came from in my head.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, go ahead, go ahead and start at a high level, and yeah, then we're yeah. gonna get down into kind of what it does.
1: So so I've been in in the, the pet protection slash pet insurance space for over a decade, right? Like we're doing different companies. Yep. And like we gather so much data, and I think there's a there's a fear in industry of proprietary nature of data. Like, are we gonna give this stuff away or can we sell it to people or whatever else? And I for a long time I've had this thought around like there are things that we can do with our data that do not invalidate the proprietary nature of our data, but actually make things more helpful. And I think I think clinical intervention, especially as it comes to, to education of pet families, is one of the most useful things we can do. So this has been in my head for 15 years that that totally makes sense
0: and I, and I say one of the things I I think I really love about this and kind of and you guys have been publishing white papers you know we talked about some of the brain cephalic research that came out recently we talked about you know breed pre, pre be sorry breed predispositions all of those sorts of things and so but you guys have been using this data and putting out you've got a series of white papers that have been really great and it's interesting as we talk about artificial intelligence in vet medicine one of the big kind of pushbacks is to say you know if you're going to do anything that matters you have to train artificial intelligence on Good actionable data, and so when, when I first started looking at AI, I was like, "Oh man, is this going to come along and just basically tell us how to practice medicine?" And the answer is like, hey, "There's, we, it does not have access to data in order to do things that actually drive, you know, treatment decisions and, and make making good recommendations." And so, anyway, I, I just I love that your heads in this place and you're actually doing stuff with the data that Nationwide has.
1: Yeah, and a thousand percent, on, a hard agree on the the AI stuff. Like, I think when and you've talked to Adam Little and other people who know more about it than I do but just just my experience with it training those data sets and, and chat GPT raises lot, the large language models raise the, the bar a little bit as to what you might be able to do with it but for predi- the predictability we're looking for from a medical point of view having large yeah. you know comprehensive interoperable data sets that 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 to me is where, is where the short-term opportunity is
0: yeah. No, that, that, makes, that makes a ton of sense. So good. So I, I love uh, – it totally makes sense as this dovetails onto sort of the research, research that we've seen coming out nationwide in the last year or two. Uh, so that totally tracks. What did you imagine that this was going to look like as you first started to put it together? Because you're like, we've got this data. We want to do something that's helpful for pet owners and also very much support veterinarians and veterinary practices. And so how, how, did you, how did you start to put that idea of what sort of the Venn diagram of overlap looks like there?
1: Yeah, so I think we start with the white papers, and I think the white papers are a great way for us to say, hey, Nationwide has these data, we're doing cool things with them. But white papers and peer-reviewed papers, they're not massively accessible to, to non veterinary audiences, right? I think we, we know that most of our clients... I mean, I love it when I would see clients that said, oh, I read this paper, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Could you explain it to me? Because I probably, probably haven't read it or don't understand it. Um, so I think the, the, the next step for me is how do we, how do we make this work for more people? And I think as we enter into, you know, the last 10 years or so, personalization has been such a key part of every interactive experience that we have now. Uh, I mean, you know, everything from Amazon down to your medical experience. And so thinking about being in the waiting room, like my my big thought around the opportunity was we have people in the waiting room, doom scrolling, you know, Facebook or playing Candy Crush. And while those things are great and I support people using their time however they wish, um, what if they were able to spend five or 10 minutes reading about the most um, at-risk conditions for their specific breed and life stage? Could that engender the right conversations at the right time between pet families and veterinary healthcare teams and create inter- opportunities for interventions? I, I have
0: really, I've really liked this. And you guys have actually gone really into putting this together. When you say it's, it's personalized, I really love that. So I, so I jumped on and started looking at it after the launch. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have, I have a dog named Skipper. Um, he's four years old, uh, breed identified. He, he's, he's a golden doodle. Uh, are, I, you, are,
1: are you ashamed about that? Like you say. In I'm not. I, like,
0: <laughs> I, every time I mention it, I get letters. And here's the thing. So I wanted a golden retriever. I love a golden retriever. Yep. I want a golden retriever. My wife was like, "That's too much hair." I want a golden doodle. And so we compromised, as couples do. And she got and we what got, she wanted. Yeah, and she got what she wanted. And I <laughs> and I smile and support it. And so, of course, anyway, we're tight now. Um, even <laughs> it's been through thick and thin. Uh, we, uh, we have we have bonded. And so, uh, anyway, I have Skipper, the golden doodle, and I went to Pet Health Zone. I put in Skipper, I put in his age, I put in the zip code and Jules, it, it's pretty impressive. Like it is a pretty significant amount of information that comes back that's got, um, that's got hard numbers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I really 100% think that that's what separates this initiative from all the other stuff out there because you can always just Google mm-hmm. Golden Doodle. but um just i mean just sort of looking and and scrolling along and everything it's got you know uh age four golden doodle health concerns it's Mm -hmm. ear infection uh foreign body ingestion and Mm -hmm. skin allergies Mm -hmm. and then it's got it's got potential costs it's -hmm. got risk level it's got you know um you can see it in different life stages how the likelihood increases or decreases over his lifespan And, and it's um It's pretty. It's pretty impressive. One of the things that jumped out at me is so I'm looking at the ear infection. It says Mm -hmm. potential cost two hundred and fifty six dollars, which is which is not that far off. I mean, literally, I had an ear infection today, and you do an examination, you do some ear cytology, you do ear cleaning, you do ear medications, things like that. You you very very quickly get up to around that level, and the beautiful part is probably just a little bit under that level. So when the pet owner comes in and they're like, "Oh, I thought it's gonna be, I thought it's gonna be more than that," you know. I, I found that to be to be helpful yeah. I, I clicked on foreign body and it just generated the same type of of, yeah. of graphics of you know the chances of this decrease over time as he gets older he's probably less likely to, to have foreign body surgery he was much more likely you know two years ago when he was two year old um, and then it cost you know coming in at probably 17 eighteen hundred dollars and I go hey, it's really hard to ballpark for a whole swath yep. of veterinarians but at least you're it's a it's a ballpark right it's not five hundred dollars and I see a lot of people who are yeah. like what do you mean it's $2,200? So, like,
1: so, so some of the great feedback we got at ABMA from some of the veterinarians that we presented to was, because I think we talked about this and said, so that that figure you're seeing is the 30-day cost. So what, what within the first 30 days is claimed for, for these conditions. Um, and it's the 80th percentile. So it's instead of the the instead of the median value, it's a, it's upped a little bit so that we know that people, you know, can be prepared for what it might be. So less, you know, more than a, more than a, um, a shake of the dice or all of the dice you yeah, a chance of it being sure. that. So, one of the things of feedback we got because we were going to go deep into this and say, "Hey, let's do this by breed and life stage and condition and get really narrow on what that could be for these animals." And then, look, really, what what is in in retrospect an obvious um, piece of feedback was like, "Hey, this would be great to be regionalized. Like, this would be really yeah. helpful per market." And I and I, I don't know. I think I was just tuned into the data of like, "Yeah, we can do it by breed and condition." Uh, I think I was I was you know um, too excited by that. And I think the regional aspect. So that's that's probably the way we're going to go over the next few months is to keep tweaking this to provide more and more uh, detailed information. Well,
0: I I thought that was I thought that was a really nice. Part. The the login super simple. It's what's the name of your pet? Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of what is the breed? Is it a dog or a cat? Uh, and then and then zip code as well. And you mm-hmm. go, okay, cool. This this actually makes some sense so that you're getting because uh, when I look at the numbers for my dog, pretty pretty accurate to mm-hmm. my area to my practice, quite honestly. So that. That, um, that made me happy. Talk, talk a bit about how you sort of see a tool like this being used by vet teams. You know, you, you and I have talked a lot and, and you've always said that, that your hope for this data is to improve conversations mm-hmm. and effectiveness the vet teams, you know, have. T- tell, me, tell me about that. Tell me how that works in your mind. Tell me what that looks like. <laughs>
1: So um, we had a great conversation um, with this um, uh, amazing speaker. I don't know if you've heard of her, Stephanie Goss. I heard she she kills at uh, the <laughs> she conferences. Does, she <laughs> does kill. She
0: absolutely kills. So
1: Stephanie Goss on Andy's team, who is awesome. Um, she she did a great uh, little video on this the Uncharted community about how she sees it, which is exactly what we were hoping for, right? It's literally as you're in the waiting room and as people are sitting there reading these things, it's having the right conversations. I think just being in practice, just people with a sharp A or something, not having the knowledge of of what's going to happen with those dogs. And and what I will say about these data is that these are these are data that are not available anywhere else. This is based on on uh, this particular data set is over twelve million claims and five million um, dog years of data, um, which is almost unheard of. Well, I'm trying to think yeah. of any. Other. I think it is unheard of. That's the size of this data set, right? So it allows us to be really specific and dig into these things. And so there are things in here that I don't think you'll find in the published work at the moment, right? So we talked about in the white papers, for example, that we know about miniature schnauzers and pancreatic disease, but we didn't know that miniature pinchers get it about the same rate because the the overall population of min pins is probably significantly lower overall than schnauzers. So it's only when you get a huge data set that you start to get these things. So, I sorry, I got, I got sidetracked into data, Andy. You need to stop me. No, I love um, it. No, no. <laughs> right. But, but the, the goal is to encourage the right conversations at the right time. And for me, that means... Hey, if I'm sitting in the waiting room and I'm looking at my Cavalier, and it's three years old now, and I'm looking through the life stages and seeing the conditions that are popping up there, I want to have conversations. A about what I'm likely to see immediately. So those ear infections for, for Skipper, like how do I how do I make sure that I'm you know going to prevent that in the best way possible? Because when was the last time you had someone come in and say, Hey, I'm concerned about ear infections. I would like a uh, preventer to go home with, or an ear wash, or an ear flush, or whatever. Um, uh, all the way down to, um, you know, for, and again going back to, to your example, so skin allergies. Hey, can we get an essential fatty acid supplement? Like having those conversations in the exam room and having them prompted to me feels like a huge value add because it's having the right conversations. Um, well, go ahead.
0: No I, no, I, 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 I love that, and I'm saying this in, in all honesty, Jules. I, I can 100% see me popping breeds and ages into this in 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 the in the, in the clinic. Yeah. And it's just because. Um, how cool sorry, how cool do you look when you walk in and say, Oh, you have a you have a one year old miniature pincher? Yep. The three most common conditions that we are looking out for in your miniature uh, pincher at this phase in her life yep. is these is these things. So and so I just want to bring those up. I'm so, gonna, but uh I want to keep talking about this.
1: Now you no, go ahead. No, so I oh, yeah, love it when we talk about each other. Um, the so I'm going I'm gonna roll you back a little bit on most common. So, okay. so we had this conversation at AVMA. So, most common. If we look at the the nationwide ten most common claims, let, let's talk about what are the top five. What are the top five most common things? What do you think?
0: Oh, uh, skin allergies, uh, probably orthopedic
1: issues. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's, um, it's it's itching and pooping, right? Like okay. it was the yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, right between between gastroenteritis, you know, uh, vomiting and skin allergies and ears and pyoderma. That's the top five. Okay. Right? So, so for almost every dog, like the, the, top, the top five, you're going to see differences across the life stages and stuff. But the top five don't alter that much. What we've done is we've tried to look at the, the, the risk. So what's, what we're really looking at here, when we say that, that we should look out for skin allergies and ear infections with Skipper, it means that he has a much greater risk than other dogs are developing these. Poor. So And if you, if you look forward into the mature, like click onto the, uh, the mature adult phase with Skipper, and yeah. I can't remember what it is because there's a million combinations. Sure. But it'll, it'll give you then, you know, looking forward. what? Yeah. Are, yeah. What it's a,
0: immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, lymphatic cancer, and ear infection. So, so ear infection is still hanging on, <laughs> really? but there's some new happy players on the field. So, so IMHA,
1: not a common condition, but vastly more likely in a mature adult um, golden doodle than in other yeah. breeds. So yeah. we focused on high impact conditions, it either has to be very high impact or it has to be very, very common for the breed. So ear infections stick in here because they're so much more common uh, in golden doodles. than they are in other breeds.
0: Yeah. Ta- talk to me a little bit about the numbers that are here. So like I said, I really like that you put out numbers and say mm-hmm. this is the general average cost. Yeah. I mean, what was, your, what was your hope in providing that information to, to, to pet owners?
1: Um it really is to and, and this is again, uh, the, the amazing speaker Stephanie Goss. Um she, she has <laughs> this is this is based on the conversation Andy and Stephanie and Emily on on our teams had this, this weekend. Stephanie is an amazing person, but and Andy has some has some, some jealousy when Stephanie gets an amazing I do. <laughs> I do. I when
0: Stephanie Goss works for me and when she gets so much more attention and praise than I do, it just
1: it's a. it's it's also well deserved i mean unfortunately for you like it's not not, i agree it's like it's
0: like the little brother whose bigger brother or uh it's like the older brother whose little brother is taller than them and just starts beating him at basketball and like that's that's my relationship (laughs) with stephanie goss i
1: was good at this thing right um and so uh stephanie stephanie had a a a great perspective of and this is what we 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 aim for with this softening the blow I mean, people have no idea yeah. what things cost, mm-hmm. right? So for us, it was like, let's have a realistic conversation about what these things cost, and those numbers will get better. To your point, so I think, I think in you know parts of California, right, where I lived for a while, you'd be struggling to get an ear infection for $250, right? And I think in the Carolinas, yeah. like that, may be much more realistic. So we will go regional, um, but at least softening that blow to be able to have the conversation because people may not expect $250 for an ear infection; they may be expecting yeah. to get it out for 80 bucks, right? Um, mm-hmm. so I think, I think being able to soften the blow, being able to talk about what are the things you're going to get for that money? Like, what are they going to do at the, at the vet's office around, you know, and, and one of the great examples, the great slash tragedy examples is, is, you know, um, middle-aged Rottweilers, right? Middle-aged Rottweilers 10 times more likely to have a claim for bone cancer than other dogs. Mm. And so having that conversation about a, Hey, if that dog is limping, maybe, maybe that's not something to leave alone. You know, when is a spray, not a sprain? it's when it's osteosarcoma. Right? So Getting them in the right time and then suffering the blow to, like, hey, this is potentially going to cost a fair amount of money, and having having that kind of pre conversation awareness of what the cost of things are, we hope will be very helpful. that new healthcare teams do because nobody likes talking about money in the exam room, right?
0: Yeah, no, I I, com- I completely agree. You know, um, so this thing is, is just launched. You you guys continue to 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 tinker on it, and uh, what are what are your sort of uh, what's your timeline with this project? Like, what what are what are we going to see as far as ongoing updates? Like, yeah, help me sort of look into the future a little bit.
1: So we launched with uh, 50 um, purebreds and hybrids. So, um, so the, a good example is, you know, for example, Skipper, the golden doodle. Yep. He is. He's not a purebred, but he's included in there because those, those, you know, that that breed, that breed. That, that cross is popular enough. That, you know, I told words? you, <laughs> we're going to get letters.
0: He's, he, it's a problem every I time I, I, I talk about it. It just got canceled
1: because I think yeah. I told to a, a breed. <laughs> a breed. <laughs> but, yeah, welcome um, to my world. But uh, then we did 50, uh, 50 uh, biggest, quote unquote, breeds that we have, that we ensure, And then we did five sizes of mixed breeds. What is not on there right now is cats. So cats are next, followed by probably breeds 51 through 75 and 76 through 100. But just to, just to uh, point out that those 55, you know, again, quote-unquote breeds, um, represent greater than 90% of nationwide-insured dogs. So yeah. we're, we're painting a broad swath here right out the gate. Of course. Um, we got some really cool stuff coming. Um, there's some really fun ways to get into this. I don't want to spoil it yet, but um, there's there's a, a really fun way to talk about how individual and special your pet is, which I know we all love talking about. So using our data to, to take a little quiz. And work out like how how individual how special is your dog? Is your dog one in a million? Is your dog seven in a million? Okay. So so that's coming down the road. We have got some other cool stuff to add, like you know where does your breed come from originally? Like you know so you know obviously a golden was created in a lab in Australia somewhere. Like you know so so some of these some of these cool things about you know what is the regionality and then adding more fun facts. Um, give to whether we want to get into training. I mean, there are some areas like um grooming is on there at the moment.
0: Nutrition's mm-hmm. another great area I
1: think we can get into, it. just areas where veterinary healthcare teams, I don't think is our favorite thing to talk about. So what, what else can we, can we ease the burden on or at least start the conversation in the right way with reliable data-sourced, veterinary-sourced material that you feel comfortable sharing with your uh, with the, the waiting room clients?
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I like it. Um, so it is thepethealthzone.com, correct? It is correct. Awesome. Well, cool. Uh, Jules, any other uh, words of wisdom? Anything you're hoping to accomplish as uh, as people start to check out the website after its recent launch?
1: No, I think I mean we'd love to hear back. I mean, and again, uh, um, uh, we'll be we'll be at the all the the the, the shows next year. But uh, check in with us over the next six months if you want materials for the clinic. If you'd like to give us any feedback, I'm sure there are spelling mistakes in there somewhere. It's about seventeen plus thousand words <laughs> that's, that are between health conditions and breed information. It's a lot of information. Um, we worked out that it was about the length of—I uh, like to say—Carry by Stephen King, yep. and okay. uh, and Emily likes to say Black Beauty because that's because that that fits our psyches perfectly. Um, <laughs> but, but this is this for us is really the first, you know, personalized externality of how do we get into into targeted intervention, and so you can yeah. expect to see more of this coming over the next, you know, two, three, four years. So it's going to be it's going to be really really exciting for us. That's awesome,
0: Jules, Thanks so much for being here. Uh, thanks for uh, talking through everything with me. I'm gonna uh, kick around and uh, look at the prices of the uh, conditions that Skipper <laughs> might acquire later in his life because that's that's what I'm excited about. So anyway, that's, it's the curiosity
1: I, that drives us. Yeah,
0: it, it is. It totally is. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go look at some other breeds here. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Take care of yourselves, everybody. And that's it, guys. That's the episode. That's what I got for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Thanks to Jules for being here. Thanks to Nationwide for uh, putting this on and for sort of creating this Pet Health Zone resource uh, to share with pet owners. I'm excited to start using it. I'm going to use it to look smart before I go in the exam room and go in and make sure that I'm talking to people about specifically what we're looking for. Uh, I'm going to start taking things and, and rolling them into why we want to do wellness blood work and what I'm looking for and what their pet is at, is at risk for and just, just trying to make myself a better doctor and to communicate the value of our services better and to communicate better the value of diagnostics and have it backed up with some real data and research. So anyway, I, I'm very I'm big on this tool in case you can't tell. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, I'm gonna go play with this more. I will talk to you guys later on.